When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. This is Asked and Answered. Questions. With Tom Opferman and Steelers Digest editor Bob Labriola. How's the personal gas tank after that Sunday night football game, Labs? Mine is running on empty. I'm like Kramer in that Seinfeld episode where he just keeps pushing the tank further and further and further. Those Sunday night football yeah, games just take it out of you, man. I didn't uh, I didn't even see the sunset on Monday. That's how <laughs> early I went to bed because there is no bed on, on night games, Sunday night or Monday night. There is no sleep. There is no sleep. The Steelers, of course, fell to the Miami Dolphins in Miami. We've got a ton of questions from Steelers Nation to get into today, but we start with a quarterback question, as always. i got to go back and track down what the streak's at because it's got to be close to, like, 12, 13 weeks now. I'll find the official count for next asked and answered. But John Knox from Nashville, Tennessee, asks, A lot of fans seem to assume Kenny Pickett is going to perform like the next Ben Roethlisberger during his rookie year. I try to tell people Ben's numbers weren't that great and that he benefited from a great running game, a great offensive line, one great receiver, and a great defense. Could you shed some light on his stats, please? Okay, I'm going to give you the stats for Ben's 13 starts uh, during the 2004 regular season. The numbers from the game against the Ravens when he relieved the injured Tommy Maddox in the second half were not included. So that would be the first two games Ben didn't play. And then the last regular season game, uh, he was not – They did the steel, uh, Bill Cowher get elected to give him the game off because um, it was meaningless in terms of – they were 14-1. and one, It clinched number one seed in the conference. And so, um, you know, as Bill Cowher liked to do – for teams, for his teams that were going into the playoffs with everything clinched, uh, he gave key people uh, the, the game off. So, okay, so these are 13-game stats, all starts. Uh, ben completed 184 of 275 passes at 66.9% for 2,445 yards, 15 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, and that computed – to a uh, quarterback rating of 99.4. Now, if you want to break down those numbers into a per-start basis, which I think kind of clarifies uh, what John Knox is looking for here. 
Ben, ben attempted an average of 21.2 passes per start. He completed an average of 14.2 uh, for an average of 188.1 yards, 1.2 touchdowns, and 0.7 interceptions. Um, obviously, by those numbers, you know, he's only attempting 21 passes a game. So Ben had was asked to be more efficient than proficient, and that's exactly what the 20. 2014 needed absolutely he was more efficient than proficient would you also say though that in 2004 the nfl and the style of offense in the nfl was a bit different than it is in today's day and age oh absolutely and um you know it was still a league at that point where first down was a running down every time yep it just was uh and that's why you know uh for that particular steelers team uh speaking about the defense you know, you could have Casey Hampton, and he was a valuable um, component of the defense, even though he was only a two-down player, uh, because teams ran the ball, uh, you know, until the score dictated otherwise, you know, or something like that. Um, so, yes, it was a much different game then. Russell Ingram from Beaver Creek, Ohio. I have a question in regard to the seeking of the spark by changing quarterbacks like Coach Tomlin did at halftime of the Jets game. I know you're not big on speculation, but how much seeking do you think there will be in this area before the light shines on Mason Rudolph again? Um, yeah, I, 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 I've said this before. Uh, uh, this is going to be my opinion uh, throughout this. Uh, Mason Rudolph is injury insurance from now until the end of this season, whenever that is. <clears throat> uh, and I think that, you know, two, two things have happened since that Jets game that support uh, my opinion, I believe. Uh, the first was when uh, Mike Tomlin first named Kenny Pickett the starter uh, before the Buffalo game, he also named Mitch Trubisky the backup. So... Uh, that confirmed or cemented, maybe is a better word, Mason Rudolph's status as the number three quarterback. And then the other uh, situation was that after uh, Kenny Pickett was concussed in the game against Tampa, Tampa Bay, and Trubisky came in and played great uh, and helped the Steelers win that game, right. then the following week, which was the Miami game last Sunday, uh, Pickett started. Uh, not uh, not that it was an injury situation, but, you know, you could have even, I think it could have made sense to some degree that based on the way Trubisky played, you know, he would have started. But since he didn't, uh, and Kenny Pickett did, and Trubisky remains the number two guy, uh, I think that pecking order is pretty much in stone now, barring injury, of course. Greg Porter from Wheeling, West Virginia. What happened to Mike Vrabel that the Steelers let him go? He obviously had a great football mind and went on to be a very good coach. Um, you know, Mike Vrabel left um, the Steelers as an unrestricted free agent. <clears throat> and, you know, he was looking for an opportunity to play because, quite frankly, neither Bill Cowher nor uh, defensive coordinator Jim Haslett could figure out a position for him. You know, the thing with Vrabel – when he was in Ohio State, they even the Buckeyes, to some degree, had trouble trying to figure out what to do with him. Uh, one year, 
you know, they wanted him to gain weight and make him a down defensive lineman. And the next year they wanted him to lose weight because the added weight slowed his uh, quickness and speed and kind of muted his athletic ability, which were the qualities that made him, you know, uh, a, a good a good player, a good defensive player. And that was the same situation with the Steelers. I mean, I remember Hazlitt one year, his genius move, uh, and that, that's air quotes around genius. <laughs> I heard I them. I heard the air people? quotes. Okay. Um, his genius move was to put a 240, 250-pound Mike Vrabel in the middle of the line of scrimmage <laughs> in the dime defense. So what do you think opponents did to that? Hey, let's run the ball right up the middle. Um, so, uh, you know, he was, I don't know, I won't, he, he, he was misused by the Steelers, I, I think is a fair uh, description. And, you know, when you looked at the depth chart, um, there wasn't really a, a spot for him as, a, as an edge guy, which is what he should have been, could have been. Uh, you know, the Steelers had Joey Porter, uh, and Jason Gilden, so there wasn't really a spot for him, and Vrabel left to seek an opportunity to play, which Bill Belichick was happy to give to him. And so, uh, you know, it's not like the Steelers cut him or anything. Um, it's It was unrestricted free agent. I don't know that the Steelers could have kept him. They certainly wouldn't have put the franchise tag on him. He wasn't that kind of player. But, uh, you know, Vrabel made a move. Uh, to go somewhere and play, and he picked a pretty good team, won a few Super Bowl rings. Yeah, I'd say so. It's a shame, though, that the Steelers couldn't have labeled him as their coach-in-waiting back in the 2000 season for the 2020 season. It's just a, an errant sight for them. Matthew Parrish from Lake Havasu City, Arizona. For years, it was always difficult to kick field goals at Akershore Stadium. Anything over 40 yards was a gamble, and it took a long time before someone made a 50-yarder. With Chris Boswell looking great on the 59-yard field goal that may have been successful from 65 yards, I am wondering if something changed about the field conditions or have the kickers just learned to make the necessary adjustments? I think something changed with the conditions uh, at Akershire Stadium. You know, when it, when it opened, then it was known as Heinz Field for the 2001 season, uh, the south end zone, which is the one facing the river, right. uh, was open. So, uh, you know, just the uh, architectural design of the stadium at that point, I think, created the wind situation slash conditions that made kicking at that venue so difficult. So what happened, though, was um, the demand for tickets um, reached a point where the Steelers made the decision to construct uh, and another club area with uh, stands in front of it. And then, you know, a club area also has, you know, the enclosed part, you know, with the amenities for the people who buy the club seats. So that's that's a, an entire structure uh, that was built. And it, and it sort of served to essentially close in that open horseshoe area that existed uh, in the original design. And so I, I think that that has impacted uh, the, the wind slash airflow through the, the, the venue in a way that is advantageous to place kickers. And, you know, beyond that, Boswell's a pretty good kicker, though, on his own.
At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first like worthington and liz claiborne for her each in women's petite and plus sizes and stafford and mutual weave for him style and comfort for all even big and tall plus even more for the whole family like levi's and exertion here spring comes in all shapes sizes and colors jc penny make everybody count yeah, I was going to say, on top of the changes that were made in the stadium, I just think Lab's kickers are just getting better and better and better around the league. Uh, it's been an evolution in the position. Boswell's right at the forefront of that. I mean, do they got to narrow the goalposts? I mean, it seems too easy for these guys out there now. Um, You know, I, you know, I don't know. I, I quit my 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 feeling is you know quit tinkering with the rules of the game i like the rules of the game the way they are i think there's too much of that going on um you know points points are points because if you narrow the goalposts you're not going to um, encourage or influence coaches to go for it they'll just punt <laughs> and i'd rather see a 60 yard field goal attempt um than a punt into the end zone for a touchback that's just me so no rule changes. So we're not going to put a moving target on the goalpost either. Where if you hit it, you get ten points. We're not going to do that. All right, got it. <laughs> or or the rule change that the Ravens act. They actually proposed this that on kickoffs, <laughs> if you kick the ball through the uprights, you get points. Yeah, I bet they wish that was the case. Yeah, you you think you think John Harbaugh's in favor of that if he doesn't have Justin Tucker, <laughs> or do you think he's in favor of it being repealed the moment Justin Tucker <laughs> retires? Bill Shiner from Jackson, Tennessee. How did the Steelers acquire Tommy Maddox? Oh, memories. Here we go, as you say, <laughs> back back in the Wayback Machine. Okay, Tommy Maddox um, played one year at UCLA College, and he actually was a number one pick in 1992 by the Denver Broncos based on that one season, okay? Um, but by the end of the 95 season, Maddox is already out of the NFL. He was cut by the Broncos. Then the Rams picked him up. They cut him. The Giants had him. Uh, and I, there, were, there was one game I thought he was actually uh, dead. I mean, he got beat up so bad um, that you know, I, it, was, he, it, was, it was ugly. And so then the Giants cut him as well. So then he's out of football for a while. 2000, he resurrects his career. Uh, when he was a starting quarterback of the New Jersey Red Dogs of the Arena Football League. Who could forget? And the speculation after you know Maddox came back and reestablished his NFL career was that the Arena League really kind of honed some of the skills that he probably should have developed uh, earlier. But, hey, you know, somebody wants to make you a number one pick. Who, who's turning down the money? I know I'm not. But anyway, those quick kind of decisions, quick throws – you have to make quick decisions and be accurate um, in the arena league because it's such a condensed space. Okay, so anyway, um, after the arena league, 
Uh, Maddox was signed by the XFL's Los Angeles Extreme. Remember that? The first uh, configuration of the XFL with the crazy, uh, um, like a, a lacrosse beginning to the to the game where that that put the ball down and that fight over it or whatever. They play yeah, kill the just, man with the football just to see who would yeah, get really. kick off. <laughs> okay, so uh, Maddox in his XFL season, he's voted MVP because he completed 57.3%, 18 touchdowns, nine interceptions. So the XFL folds after that one season, Max and Maddox is a, a free agent again. So what he did was he sent faxes, and that was a thing back then too, youngster. Uh, fax machines. You may want to <laughs> Google that and see what that was that's, about. That's spelled F-A-X. He sent faxes. To, yeah, F-A-X-E-S, faxes, <laughs> plural. Um, so he faxed all the NFL teams. He was looking for the job for a job. There was only one team that responded. That was the Steelers. And they invited him to training camp. So in 2001, Maddox is at St. Vincent College, and the Steelers come out with uh, their 53-man roster, and they had three quarterbacks. Cordell Stewart was a starter, Maddox, and T. Martin, who was the team's fifth-round pick in the 2000 NFL draft. And that's how the Steelers got Tommy Maddox. Like you said when you started the answer, ah, memories. Rod Kiefer yes. from Edmond, Oklahoma. I realize it's nearly impossible today to build a team entirely from the draft, but am I remembering correctly from childhood that at least once during the 1970s, the Steelers did just that? Yes. Uh, the Steelers <clears throat> at the time were the first team uh, in the Super Bowl era, free agency era, mm -hmm. uh, that um, won a Super Bowl, and the Steelers did that's, that team won, uh, beat the Los Angeles Rams in Super Bowl fourteen. But the 79 Steelers were made up entirely of players who had never played for another NFL team except them. Donnie Brown from Van Buren, Maine. Does Calvin Austin III have any experience fielding punts? Um, yes. Uh, he was a punt returner for like a season and a half in college at Memphis. And during that time, he returned 29 punts, averaged 11.1 yards per return, brought two of them back for touchdowns. Steelers fans certainly hoping that CA3 gets on the field soon. David Hayes from Hartsell, Alabama. The Steelers appear to be well on their way to exciting news. When was the last time the Steelers had a top five draft pick in the first round? It also appears to be trending towards the Steelers having a new offensive coordinator. Does the offensive coordinator have a say on who is selected first on offense first for the draft? Um, well, this, it's been a long, long time <clears throat> since the Steelers had such a high pick. I wouldn't call it exciting news NFL. necessarily either. I mean, well, right. I mean, it, it's exciting for maybe David, but you know, if he had <laughs> to uh, write about all these games or comment on them or you know whatever, I'm I don't know how excited uh, he would be about <laughs> two and five. However, uh, the last time the Steelers picked in the top five, 1970, Terry Bradshaw first overall. 1969, the Steelers picked Joe Green fourth overall so it's been over 50 years since the Steelers had a top five pick in the draft and so that means that um you know there's been a lot of winning going on around here <laughs> I know fans don't seem to necessarily remember it or appreciate it but uh that is a historical fact uh now that the last part of the question uh the act when it comes to the actual picking of the players 
assistant coaches, coordinators. They're present, uh, but they're not the decision makers. So clearly what I'm getting from this answer is that if they do pick top five this year, we're getting a generational player that will go on for decades of success because that's just what happens. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> if they pick in the top five again, hope, hopefully they find uh, another Joe Green. I don't think they'll be picking a quarterback, but, you know, I Joe Green could always uh, – there's always a spot on my team for Joe Green. Even now. Always. <laughs> Bob Watson from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Understanding Coach Tomlin's worst record is 8-8, eight and eight, what was the worst record for Bill Cowher and Chuck Knoll starting after his four Super Bowl wins during the 1970s? <clears throat> okay. Um, the Steelers' worst single-season record under Chuck Knoll following those four Super Bowl wins. Uh, the team was 5-11 and 11 in 1988. Uh, and just to put that season in a little bit of perspective, uh, that that team was two and ten at Thanksgiving, and then rallied to win three of its final four games. Uh, okay, under Bill Cower, the worst single season record uh, was six and ten. It happened twice. In 1999, that team lost seven of its last eight to finish six and ten. And then also in 2003, uh, when the Steelers had a five game losing streak from late September until early November. So, uh, but that's that second six and ten uh, brought Ben Roethlisberger. I was say, we're all thankful for that one in two thousand and three. Final question today comes from Brian Schwartz from Boston, Massachusetts. Do you ever see Ben Roethlisberger being a Steelers offensive coordinator? <laughs> Why on God's green earth <laughs> would Ben Roethlisberger want that job? I mean, not that it's a bad specifically a bad job, but why would he want to be an assistant coach in the NFL? The hours are ridiculous. Um, you get ripped for everything. Uh, no, you don't say, you know, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Ben played as long as he played so that, you know, he would be able to do things in his retirement that with his family or that entertained him or, you know, whatever. I, I I cannot imagine him wanting to be an assistant coach in the NFL, a coordinator. You know, maybe he'll be a coordinator for his son's, you yeah. know, Pop Warner team <laughs> or junior team. high team or yeah. <laughs> but outside of that, nah, not happening. Uh, Brian, Ben's a podcaster. Haven't you heard footballing? I mean, this guy's drinking beers on his podcast. He's breaking down the Steelers games. He's in the podcast game. He's media. He's not going to get any time for coaching. You won't see him on the sideline anytime soon. He can't do better on his podcast than we do with this. No, though, that's right? impossible. This is the world record holder for most downloads and most listens for any podcast ever in the history of the world. So <laughs> he's just playing for second place. Okay. Good as, luck, Ben, on second. <laughs> as always, we appreciate you guys sending in some questions and giving us a listen. Get your questions into labs now, and we will be back again next week with a fresh edition of Asked and Answered. For Bob Labriola, I'm Tom Opperman. We'll talk to you guys next time.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.